Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's aspirations Steph Curry all week before last night. He did go 18-7-8 on a bad game, but the 11 games beforehand, man, he was averaging 45.5 and 4.5 on 54% shooting. The guy is wild coming for that playoff spot. Matt, he is moving his way into the MVP race. I'm expecting him to bounce back. Last night was just a blip. Steph Curry, a legend for a team that has been absolutely struggling Man, for the past two years. I love how you called it a blip, and it's like 17, 7, and 8. Like, some guy's <laughs> absolute career high. He's like, yeah, just an average, below average game for Steph Curry. So nice. That's what he does, man. He's, he's, he's a legend of a shooter for that reason, you know? Man, I would hate to see them miss out, but I think they're pretty safe. New Orleans isn't coming on strong, even with Zion playing out of his mind. I feel bad for you. You really wanted them in the playoffs, and it's uh, not going to happen, my dude. Dude, you would think with, like, Brandon Ingram, also a top 20 scorer, Zion Williamson, who's, like, a top eight scorer in the NBA right now. Like, he's been unreal. Why are, why are they so bad? Why? It, it's hard, man. Like, you, you're you right. You would think with what they've got that they could be better, but despite it all, their record has been negative, and unfortunately... The Pelicans are just going to maybe miss out again. A second year for Zion, no playoffs. Ooh, the NBA is in shambles, man. Absolute shambles, man. And I guess the the old saying's true in the NBA that young teams don't know how to win in this league. You got to be at least 27 like Michael Jordan. <laughs> got to have a little bit of time under your belt, Matt. But too far ahead of ourselves. A lot of hardwood talking about the NHL this week, my man. Dude, COVID? Uh, comparatively to the last few weeks, has kind of disappeared. I mean, only four players this time. Uh, Colorado's been hit the hardest with Jonas Donskoy, Philip Grubauer, and Miko Rantanen all still on it. Uh, P.K. Subban, my boy out in New Jersey, is on the COVID list. Hope he's okay and doing well. Um, and then Vancouver actually got to play, man. They were supposed to play midweek last week. Uh, the NHL pushed that to Friday, then they pushed it to Sunday. Um, they finally got into their uh, games, and they went 2-0 and against the Leafs since their return, so not too bad for them. I mean, pretty good considering where the Leafs are this season, and I'm sure a lot of Leafs fans were like, oh, it's Vancouver. These should be some easy wins for us. What happened? Man, it is a strange season. Okay, I read this crazy fact today. So Montreal is 5-2 and two against Edmonton. Okay. Winnipeg is five and two against Montreal, and Edmonton is five and two against Winnipeg. It's all just a circle. Yeah, and it's it goes to show you that if you just kind of have the right build for your team that matches up well against another team in your division, it's really hard for that other team to do any kind of damage, and that's why the I mean, season looks like this. I mean, it's why you have great teams that can get shut down by you know not so great teams at that point at the end of the day if you've got the right you know the right loadout the right players to put up against those players at the end of the day you're gonna prevail right yeah 100 percent, man and like for a team like montreal who had kind of held Connor mcdavid up and up in check until the last two the guy's got 77 points in 45 games just absolutely wiping the floor with canadian teams He's got a real legitimate shot at breaking 90 points in 56 games, which is absolutely wild. Kevin, I know you're the hockey expert. Do you think he's going to do it? I mean, the numbers, they work out, Matt. It looks like he's on pace, right? You know, the little magic, he could even hit 100. But hey, that would be probably too much. 
man, if he hit 23 points in his last 11 games to get to 100, I would go nuts. <laughs> a lot of people would go nuts, Matt. But, you know, I did predict him not hitting it, so I need it. I need it for my Mystic predictions, bro. I'm so bad. I mean, your track record ain't good, so who knows? Maybe it'll happen, but uh, it would be a lot of points in not so many games, that's for sure. Yeah, it would be a ton. And, you know, speaking about the other guy that I, I tried to curse, Austin Matthews, <laughs> that guy doesn't seem like he's going to break 50, but 40's definitely in the cards. I mean, seven goals in his last 10 games, that guy could do it in his sleep. He's an elite scorer, Matt. Hopefully more will come in. The Leafs, they've been on a weird negative down spiral while still being the top of the table so i guess it's okay for them yeah i guess man like they've lost their last five but they're still you know uh four points clear of winnipeg and they're way ahead of montreal and edmonton so they're pretty locked in up there at the top of the division they'll definitely be hosting a first round but let's talk about the the bottom feeders here man because it's starting to get down to the last few games and Who's going to make that final spot in each conference? I'm going to tell you right now, buddy. <laughs> Hit me. So, essential division, pretty locked up at the top with Carolina, Florida, Tampa, all kind of jockeying back and forth for that first place. But we get kind of interesting here. Nashville was struggling throughout most of the season uh, and has surged recently. Chicago had a really great start, but they kind of fallen off lately. Dallas was struck with COVID before the season even started. So they got late start and have been kind of playing catch up all year. They've got two games in hand on Nashville and, or on Chicago and three on Nashville. They're only two points behind. They're the hottest team right now at six, two and two in their last 10 games on a four game win streak. I think Dallas is going to make that final playoff spot. I was going to say, it looks like a fun battle between the three of those teams there to try to get that spot. And I like your call of Dallas. I'm a fan of Dallas. So. Well, I think it's going to be Dallas, man. Nashville, I, they're just only two points up, and three games in hand is a little bit too much for me to, to call them safe. Dallas has also been in a lot of tight, tight games. They only have 14 regulation losses compared to 21 and 20. Um, but they've got 12 overtime, regulate, or overtime shootout losses, which like tells you that they're in really tight games and that they're competitive against all the teams in their division. The biggest shocker for me is seeing Columbus all the way down there with Detroit, man. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's rough for them, but you know, that's, it's, it's a weird season, you know, that's going to happen for some teams. Yeah, man. It Patrick Lane, trade did not work out. Max Domi trade did not work out. That team is struggling, but we're talking about the final playoff spots here. Let's move to that Eastern division where Buffalo and New Jersey are just so happy the season is ending. Just so happy. They're they're officially out, right? I'm pretty sure I, I was reading about at least Buffalo being axed for the season yes. mathematically. Just like Vegas is the first team to clinch a playoff spot, Buffalo is the first mm. team to be mathematically eliminated. New Jersey won't be too far behind them, though. To be honest, I think it's going to stay the top four the way it is. I could actually see Pittsburgh moving down a spot and really fighting with Boston. At this point, Boston's got two games in hand on New York, and New York is six points back of them. Yes, they've got a decent team, and they're finally starting to figure it out, but it's a little bit too late in a shortened season, and it's definitely going to be uh, Washington, New York, Pittsburgh, and Boston in that Eastern Eastern Division. It looks pretty locked up, Matt. I think you hit it right on the money there. Yeah. Man, I'm going to skip the Northern Division because I want to talk about that West Division. 
Vegas, like I mentioned, locking up that final playoff spot. I've been ripping this division all season because it is so bad. When Minnesota happens to be the third best team in your division, and clearly so, being led by Krill the Thrill Kaprizov, who, don't get me wrong, fantastic player, really fun to watch, but the guy only has 38 points in 45 games. Nobody else on their team has broken 30, and they're clearly the third best team in that division. I would say St. Louis is probably going to jump in. I mean, they've got four games in hand and only a point back of Arizona, and that would be the easiest pick for me. But I just want to still talk about how Minnesota is the the third best team. Like, well, if you're if you're if you're ripping on Minnesota continually, I guess this is just a factor of them being in a bad division. You've been ripping on the division all year, and somebody is going to come out of that garbage and look good, even if they are just you know a, a shined up rusty piece. Yeah, man, shined up rusty piece is exactly what they are. <laughs> when you're beating up on teams like Arizona, Chicago, uh, San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. Like, it's just not fair for other teams in the North Division. Like, you really, I really thought Calgary was going to be a decent team. They've got a, a pretty solid roster, but they have 20 less points than Minnesota, even though they have triple the amount of 30-point scores. Just wild. Yeah, that's a big difference right there. Ugh, whatever, man. Because we're going to finally talk about that North Division, that final playoff spot. You know I'm giving it to my Montreal Canadiens. I just, I can't not. It's just I'm scared at this point. Their big losing streak has kind of left the door open for Vancouver here. Vancouver has five five games and is 10 points back, so that's enough to catch them. I'm getting nervous. Man, I feel like that would be a big controversy at the end of the season with the way that it's gone for Vancouver, the way that they have been forced to miss so many games, and now they've got you know all this extra momentum to potentially make a playoff push. Like, you know, it might not mean anything at the end of the day, but, you know, I'm sure there's some people that are going to be making a stink about that. Oh, yeah, and especially when Montreal absolutely dominated them in the season series this this year and, like, are clearly the better team when they're matched up against each other. It'd be very sad for me and all the Montreal Canadiens fans. But we're just going to hope that during this three-game stretch against Calgary here on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Monday... We just we eliminate them from playoff contention. We get three good wins, six good points, and uh, are back on track. Because the game against Edmonton that they just played, even though they did let Connor McDavid right back into it at the end, they they played very very solid playoff style hockey, which is kind of what this team was supposed to be built for. They just didn't consider you know you actually have to play the regular season to get into the playoffs, and they don't have a lot of regular season guys. But that's a topic for another day, man. I think I've talked your ear off enough about the NHL. Do you want to go to the hardwood? I mean, I enjoy listening to you, Matt. Always, there's nothing like some good hockey so that when I'm talking to, you know, my fellow Calgarians and they want to talk to me about hockey, I can be like, oh, yeah, I totally know what's going on. Let me pull up all my cliff notes from the last time Matt talked to me about these things. But, yeah, totally down to talk about the hardwood. Appreciate you, brother. Why don't you talk about them COVID NBA numbers? Well, simple week, still less than um, the NHL. We had only three Always. players. The only confirmation that I have is that Zach Levine um, is for sure because he uh, he got put on the COVID list. Uh, unfortunate for those Bulls, Matt, who are struggling still. But 
we will get to them later. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, dude, that mystic in prediction. Terms... <laughs> Stop it. <Don't... laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. okay, okay. Rolling rolling into injuries now. A couple of important ones this week. I'll start with James Harden. He re-aggravated his hamstring during training, apparently. I don't know what's going on with the Nets. They're, like, trying to get back, but him and KD have just, they've been dealing with hamstring issues left and right. Yeah, man. Uh, Durant's got a thigh injury, too. Uh, played, like, four minutes, got eight points, and then had to be pulled out. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to see it, but, I mean, they're like the Clippers from last year. Just, they're not going to win. Very, very valid point, honestly. But, hey, they're a super good team. We'll see what this timeline will do because there's no real information about it, obviously. They're just going to deal with it in a week or two. Another interesting injury that happened last night was Trey Young. He has a lateral sprain in his ankle. He avoided serious injury, thankfully. I know a lot of people were really worried about him. I know a lot of YouTubers are making content about how ridiculous this season is and the injuries are happening left and right, but he's only going to be out for, they say a couple games, it might be a little bit more than that, but I mean, the Hawks are making a push. They are, you know, they're up there in the East right now in that playoff race. Man, they are making that big push and losing Trey Young, who... I give them a hard time because they traded for Trey Young and they had to trade Luka Doncic, which is probably the dumbest idea. But hey, Trey Young is still a great consolation prize. The guy's panned out more than anybody really thought to he would at this point, and he's still super young and still got a huge timeline in front of him. I'm averaging over 25 points a game at like 22. Yeah, I'll take that any day of the week. That's a tough loss for that team. Uh, it is what it is, but thankfully, like I was saying, it shouldn't be too long for him. A bigger loss for another team, the Wizards, is Denny, Adv- Ad- Denny Avdija. There we go. I got it right. Nailed it. He has a thank you. He has a hairline fracture in his ankle. He's probably going to be out for the rest of the season, and that's really unfortunate because he has been a really big cog when Russell Westbrook has been doing his things to get this team back into contention the conversation i don't really know what to say about the wizards right now man yeah man russell westbrook has just been like i'm gonna go mvp mode on you guys again the guy's averaging a triple double as we speak uh bradley beal's got 31 points per game i think losing avija who plays the the fourth most or fifth most amount of minutes on their team is is quite a big loss for them but good and bad for the raptors i mean it's good if you want them in the playing game it's bad if you don't i don't know how to feel about it It, it's hard matt it's hard we're gonna we're gonna talk about the raps and their awesomeness but potentially negative awesomeness later on but that that russell westbrook comment matt i was reading a stat earlier that he's like defying logic because nothing has changed in his game he's still taking the same shots he's playing like maybe a couple like three or four extra minutes and his stats are just better. He's just like, you know, beast moding it into this, you know, these wins for this team when Beal can't be around. And I know you're a fan as a Westbrook, as a Westbrook guy. So you got to love to see it. Dude, I'm, you know, I'm a huge Westbrook guy and I'm absolutely loving it. I just feel like he's got the confidence back. He's not in his own head when he's shooting threes anymore. He's just taking them and like, He's making them at a decent clip this year. I, he's over uh, 30%. He's at 31%, which is probably the highest he's been in the last three or four years. Like, I think it's it's fantastic to see, especially because he is just 
a treat to watch. But what are you gonna do? I mean, he is a pleasure. Russell has always been, you know, that triple double monster, that stat stuffer, and I would love to see what him and Beal could do in the playoffs because Matt, the East is so interesting. Like with the way that things are gonna go and the potential injuries up top, with the Knicks in the fourth seed, like anything's possible. So a team with a Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, you know, backcourt that could defy logic, overcome an injury or two, could you know make some noise in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, they could definitely make some noise in the first round of the playoffs, especially if they get a, a battered up Nets team. Man, you don't think Russell Westbrook would relish the chance to knock off KD? Oh, spicy, Matt, spicy. I'm looking forward over the next few weeks as we get closer to this NBA playoff race and figure out where our teams are locking in, what teams are going to have to do to get there. And Matt, it's exciting. The last injury of no isn't actually an injury. It's the fact that Anthony Davis is going to be coming back. He should be on the court very recently because he says he's coming back Thursday night. 30 games, Matt, the Lakers have survived, quote-unquote survived, without him. Exciting to have a man like him back. Yeah, man, he should be in the lineup tonight against Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, They have survived that Western Conference, still staying in the top five, which isn't bad. And they're they're close to the Denver Nuggets, even though the Nuggets are on a little bit of a streak, even without Jamal Murray. So it'll be nice to get him back. Let's see if he can get into playoff form because they've got to they've got to worry about him if they're going to win a championship. You know, LeBron will come back healthy and will be at 100 percent. It's it's Anthony Davis that you got to worry about. I mean, the man's had one of the most unbelievable playoff runs last season. I mean, just a few months ago, I guess, at this point, right? So hopefully he comes back. Hopefully all is good. And the Lakers will be very happy to have that dude back in the lineup. 100%, man. I think that's it for the injuries, though, eh? Yep, that rolls in. We can talk about the games last week because there were some wild performances. People are trying to make the MVP playoff races. They're trying to get wins left and right. We had some double overtime thrillers. Matt, shall we go all the way back and start last Thursday? Yeah, man. I want to talk about the number two team in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns, just absolutely chugging along. You know, even if uh, there's a night where Devin Booker, I mean, he still played well and CP3 plays well. CP3 doesn't have to take that many shots to to affect the game. He's just such a, a floor general. But having a guy like Aiton go 26 and 11 on 10 of 11 shooting, like, dude. It's the nights you want to see from him, considering where he was taken in that draft, you know? Considering what it would have meant for someone like Booker to have a star beside him. And Aiton wants to be that player, and he's really he's really been taking, I think, a backseat and trying to figure out what his role is going to be in this Suns team. But yeah, 26-11 on 10 of 11? Dude, that's exactly what we want out of you. Man, that's kind of funny because we were just talking about Trey Young and Luka Doncic and the two guys taken before them and Marvin Bagley and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Both not panned out too well, especially if you're uh, Marvin Bagley. But uh, they thought he was going to be De'Aaron Fox's uh, right-hand man who's been absolutely balling out lately. I mean, he had 27-3-8 and eight in a loss, but just couldn't do it, man. Just couldn't do it. I mean, what do I say about the Kings, right? I, You know how I feel about the Kings. I've always been ripping on this team. Obviously, Fox has been a massive shining light for them, but, you know, these are two sides of the same coin with these, with these centers, right? And Phoenix, second seed in the West. Sacramento, 
12th seed in the West. I think we know who's feeling better about their pick right now. Yeah, man, but they also have a better team. Like, could you imagine Luca on Sacramento or on uh, Phoenix? That would be wildly fun with De'Aaron Fox or Devin Booker. Like, just so fun. Fantasy world, Matt. Different reality that's existing somewhere else in the world, you know. It almost, it, man, it would almost be like a Tatum Brown kind of hookup in Boston that they have because that man yep. dropped 49 and 3 the other night. Wild. He's got to do it. He's got to do it for Boston, right? Because they're in such a weird place in the East because they're, they're getting into that point where they're kind of in the mediocrity around the middle of the playoff table, which is. Not somewhere you want to be in the East right now. You want to get that one to four seed. You want to avoid a first round serious problem. And, you know, Boston's going to need more of that from Brown if they're going to make their way back up. Yeah, man. Right now they're they're slated to face Milwaukee when they, if they just jump one, they'll face the Knicks. So I would definitely, definitely be pushing to face the Knicks if I was them because Milwaukee's just too scary. I mean... Knicks, Milwaukee, Giannis versus Julius Randle. I mean, is, is this even a question? Although I want to say this, the Knicks are going to be scary come playoffs time because they're figuring it out, man. Oh, man, 100%. Because if we take it to last Friday, that's when Julius Randle had one of his oh, two 40-point games this week in a game against Luka, where Luka dropped 19 assists, no big deal or anything, still got the L because Julius Randle was 44-10-7. and seven. That guy's an animal. He's been so good this season. Why did LA just let him walk for nothing, man? It's crazy because Randall is, what, 27, 27, 28 at this point in his career? And a lot of people have been forgetting about him. And he is slowly working his way back into the question of if he could be a superstar right? Because obviously he is the MVP of this Knicks team. You look at the way that, you know, RJ Barrett has been playing around him, the way that D Rose has come back in and been a part of this system. I mean, Nerland's Noel been a great center recently, ever since Robinson has gone down. Should I talk about Emmanuel quickly, who has been absolutely a diamond in the rough? Like it all starts with Randall though, right? He is the cog that gets this team moving and nights like this. Oh, everybody loves to see it. Dude, he's going to be 27 this year. He's currently 26 right now. No. Yeah. And so he's just entering his NBA prime. And for a guy who was so highly touted, he fell to the seventh pick. He was supposed to go before that in a pretty mediocre draft at this point. He might be the best player to come out of it if he can sustain this kind of scoring and facilitating and rebounding rate for the remainder of his career. Because he's been unbelievable absolutely the star of my fantasy team and why i came number one. Oh, all right El yes, champion, I have to bring El it up. matt over here the champion of the regular season you know took his big victories against all the people who weren't playing and then you know took some quick close victories against me but i'll be sad i didn't even take second place matt is the true champion up there shame with his second place i gotta have a battle this week in our playoffs to hopefully have an opportunity to get to face you next week but i'm sad matt i can't believe i let it happen yeah, man. It's uh, pretty sad considering all the smack talk you were talking before the playoffs or before the, the fantasy season. I had a lot of faith in myself, you know, but I, I, I mean, John's left and right, you know, injuries derailed my season, blah, 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 yada, yada. <laughs> Too much, Matt. Let's talk about basketball and less about how bad I am at fantasy. Definitely, man. Well, you want to talk about one of the better games last Friday between 
New Orleans and Washington, man, ended up being a strikingly tight, tight game. And you had Westbrook doing his thing with 36, 15, and 9, but Brandon Ingram also showing out with 34, 7, and 4 steals. Four. It was a it was a big game left all around, but Westbrook truly stole the show. I mean, having 10 of Washington's 12 points in overtime, like he did such a good job and like we were praising him earlier we'll praise him again like he's an important reason why they're slowly and surely joining that playoff race and unfortunately for the pelicans it's another tough loss for a season that is slowly getting away from them yeah man it is definitely getting away from them and i think the only other notable notable game that night was philly and the clippers that was a heck of a game though man because the Clippers didn't have Kawhi, but Philly didn't have Seth Curry or Tobias Harris. And Philly led for, I would say, the majority of that game. And LA took it real close, but it just it just wasn't meant to be. Paul George just couldn't couldn't get it done for them. It's unfortunate on a night where he goes, you know, thirty seven points, nine rebounds, six assists. I mean he does shoot fourteen for twenty nine. Oh. And four for 12. So you can kind of see the cracks and the reasons why they lost this game at the end. But, you know, Joel really coming out here and trying to continue to make his case for MVP. I mean, he was on, he was interviewing him just the last couple of days. And he's like, yeah, no questions. I'm the MVP. So a game like this kind of shows it. Yeah, man. It definitely shows it when he puts his foot down. Again, though, Clippers were missing Kawhi Leonard, who's the second biggest cog of that team. Well, the biggest. Second biggest. Sorry, I was sorry. gonna say, bro. Well, it's fine. On a night like that, biggest when he's not in the night, when he's not there playing. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's the second biggest because if he's not playing, they're gonna lose without him. <laughs> but <laughs> Paul George has been doing really good this season, so props to him. That's all I'll say about the Clippers. Yeah, man. Well, we go to Saturday night, where really the only great game was a battle of forty point point performances. Steph Curry and Jason Tatum going back and forth, but it just wasn't enough for Steph and the team. It's it's a shame, right? Like we look at Steph and the week that he's been having, the games that he's been putting up, and like Golden State is that close. Like they are they're one game away from being five hundred, considering, you know, the fact that James Wiseman is gone, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're not getting clay back anytime soon. Like Steph is working with role players all around him it's just a fact like i love me some draymond green actually i don't love me some draymond Draymond green but i mean when when the when the stars are not there he is a advanced role player at best and wiggins as much as he has figured out this season and how to play like he is still not the stud we all want to see and i mean tatum what what else can i say tatum having nights i guess even if he's not feeling great and Boston needs these wins, so it was a banger for them, but it was sad for Curry, I'll say that. Dude, it was a wild final three minutes of the game with crazy, crazy lead changes. You know, Golden State was leading 51-36 in the second at one point, and Boston really just started to storm back, and by the third quarter had really kind of figured out uh, how to take that lead. But it was a back-and-forth game. Jason Tatum was just able to hit those shots just like Steph Curry, and yeah, I mean... Good for him, because out-dueling the master like that, like, that's why Boston fans have been so high on this kid ever since his rookie season. Even though he hasn't 
got to that one Eastern Conference Finals and hasn't been back, but you know it's in his future for sure. He is a extremely talented, young, budding star in the league. And to have a night against Curry like that, to go shot for shot, basically, and come out victorious, like, you know, obviously we're not going to talk about the differences in the two teams because at the end of the day, that game came down to one star versus the other. And, I mean, it's crazy to say, but Tatum came out on top. Yeah, absolutely wild. No other really great games that night. It was a kind of a wash. It's interesting to see uh, Memphis beat Milwaukee, but don't really need to talk about that one. I'm down to move to to Saturday night if you are. Sunday night? Oh, Sunday night. Yeah. Getting the day. So you, you were you were you were thinking you were like, "Oh, Saturday. Was it boring? Was it Friday? Wait a second. I got to move on." But yeah, we can move to Sunday. You want to start with Luca, that 37, 8 and 4, putting up numbers? Man, does he put up numbers. But in a loss, Sacramento got the better of him. De'Aaron Fox with his 34 and 12. Super efficient game for him on 12 of 21. Got some support from Harrison Barnes, and even Terrence Davis popped off for them in that game, which a little hard to see as, a, as an as an X Raptor, but hey, whatever, man. It's his best game in there, Matt. For them, the Kings were on a nine-game losing streak. They needed a win like this to bounce back, you know, and that that's why I think that they were so lively on a night. And unfortunately, like we've been saying all season. Doncic just doesn't have enough around him. Porzingis, you know, three for 14, one for seven in this game. Like, he, I bet you Mark Cuban every once in a while is thinking that maybe they made a mistake trying to get the next quote-unquote Dirk. You know what I'm saying? Dude, they have the next Dirk. It's Luka. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. They got like a a, a washed-up version of uh, of Dirk in Kristaps Porzingis, who can't stay healthy, but... That's just a, a topic for a different different discussion. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, I mean, we you could spend a lot of time just chronicling the injuries that he's had, and you know, Dallas really thought that he was you know going to turn turn the key and flip the other direction, but unfortunately, it just has not happened for them. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, it was a it was a it was an okay trade because they didn't really give up too much to New York. Anyways, man, you want to talk about the the best game that day? Because it was actually a Sunday day game. The Knicks versus New Orleans, man. It was a battle between Zion and Julius. They were going at each other all afternoon. It was really fun to watch. It's it's one of those games, Matt, that I'm sad that I didn't turn on. You know, because every once in a while you're looking at the schedule and you're like, you know, I'll watch this game or I'll watch that game or, you know, maybe this game isn't going to intrigue me. And most people look at, you know, the Knicks versus the Pelicans, you know, the Knicks in their history and the Pelicans are the way they've been. And it's like, okay, we'll get a cool matchup, you know, with Zion, you know, playing how he does. But it turned into a banger, Matt. I guess I should have turned tuned in. My fault. Yeah, man, definitely should have tuned in. I threw it on in the afternoon because it was just, you know, what I wanted to watch, I wanted to watch some sports, and I thought, oh, this is a good game. But Julius Randle with the five steals, 33, 5, and 10, like, just barely out-dueling Zion in his 34, 9, and 5. They got it to overtime, but New York just kind of took over from there. New York did seem to be the better team, um, at least from the, the portions that I was watching, and so it definitely made sense to me in the end. It, I love to see two guys go at each other like that. That's awesome. I mean, that's what 
you know, old school basketball was used to be like, you know, Carmelo Anthony, I always used to talk about, you know, just one-on-one to the basket. And so you got to love when it gets to that next level, right? When the stars of their teams really decide that they want to butt heads and you get a beautiful game like this out of it. Yeah, man. Absolutely beautiful. All right. You down to move to Monday? Always down for the next day. You know, Curry had a beautiful night continuing that great streak. 49, three and five. I love to see it. And he got the win this night, Matt. He got the win. Man, he finally got the win against that 76ers team. But he dropped 49 points. He was a 10 of 17 from deep. The guy is just unbelievable. I mean, we were joking last week, was it? Or two weeks ago about, you know, the records that Clay holds and how he wants to, you know, go against him and, and, and beat those records. And... You know, a night like this, 10 threes, shows that Curry's really on a warpath and doing some absolutely insane things. And as a basketball fan, I've loved that I've gotten to tune in for a couple of these shooting nights because how often do we get to see moments like this, streaks like this, lengths of games like this where the best players in the league show up and absolutely put on a thriller night in, night out. Am I right? Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. The fact that he dropped 49 points like and he does it so like just casually with his 10 of 17 from deep it doesn't look too hard because he's not fighting guys for it it's just absolutely awesome to see there's two great overtime games that night that i wanted to talk about which one do you want to talk about first man i mean i'm a fan of memphis you know they unfortunately didn't get the win but i'm happy to talk about that game oh man too bad for Memphis because they did lead for most of that game and had Denver down seven with under two minutes to go. And then the Joker was like, yeah, watch me do my thing. Gets it into overtime and just, he doesn't, he's going to win. He's going to win. Are you talking about the the MVP trophy that he's going to win at the end of the season? Because Jokic, my man, 47 points, 15 rebounds. I mean, they had to go into double OT to win this game against Memphis. I mean, he did hit that go-ahead three-pointer. Like, Jokic is doing it all for this team, and they need it right now. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I do want to give a special shout-out to Ja, who dropped 14 of the 23 points that Memphis had in overtime in the two frames. He dropped 14. Point, point, Point God right there, Matt. Like... I'm still a big fan of Jaw. I can't wait to see. You know, I'm hoping that this Memphis team figures it out because they've been kind of, like, chilling, struggling. Like, I don't really know what's going on with the Grizzlies. Obviously, they were still waiting for um, Jaron Jackson to come back. And, I mean, he came back in his first game, I think, which was also a loss that we might talk about later. It's it's unfortunate, but, I mean, hey, Jokic is going to do Jokic things, and Morant can try, but sometimes it's just not enough. Yeah, man. I on to the next OT thriller that night. Phoenix just narrowly edging out Milwaukee and the Greek Freak, 128 to 127. Wild, man. Tell me what you thought. I mean, it's just CP3, man. I love to see him controlling games like this. 13 assists? Like, come on, man. It's a beautiful from him. And I mean, Obviously, Giannis tried his best, you know. I mean, he did take one three-pointer. Unfortunately, it didn't go in for him. But Never 9 does. for 10 on free throws, that's a positive for Giannis, you know, every night. But unfortunately, they couldn't squeak it out. Yeah, man. He had a pretty good efficiency. I mean, when you're ducking all the time like he does. 
Um, it's nice to see those free throws for him, but yeah, Phoenix just seems to know how to get those those dubs, man. CP3, we've already talked about him. I'm not going to go over it again, but just that guy should be in the MVP voting because Phoenix is just a much better team with him on the court than without him. Quick tangent, he did overpass Magic for being fifth place all-time in NBA history for total career assists, so big moment for him, gotta say. Yeah, man, passing Magic, that's pretty wild, so great for him. Beautiful. All right, are we moving to Tuesday? Because there wasn't a lot going on on Tuesday, Matt. After those thrillers, Tuesday was kind of a bit of a chill mode, comparatively. Yeah, definitely a chill mode. There is one game that I'd like to touch on between Portland and L.A., uh, because I mentioned PG three or PG thirteen couldn't get it done against um, Philadelphia this week earlier, but he got it done against Portland. Man, they were down one hundred seven to one twelve, and PG scored six straight points for clip for the Clippers. Nor missed a dagger three, which gave them the chance to go up. And CJ misses the game winner. I. I just feel bad. I mean, you have a Kawhi-less Clips and a Lillard-less Blazers, so it's tough to say that that's what's going to happen in the playoffs, but it's how I see it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Shout out to Norm, you know, 23 points, 10 for 20 on the field. Let's not talk about his 3 for 10 from 3, but, you know, he's settling in with Portland, you know. I think we've won the trade, obviously, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm happy to see him getting his shots up over there. Yeah, man. I'm going to go right into the next night because Portland had two back-to-back games that were in tight. They lose to Denver 106-105. And you know who misses that game-winning floater? Our boy Norm Powell. Two nights in a row. Poor guy. Big sad. Big sad. But that's why we got Gary Trent, buddy. That's why we got Gary Trent because he's a killer. Let's not talk about Gary's recent stretch of games. Let's talk about. We could talk about his previous stretches games before that, but yeah, unfortunate. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, man, it is what it is, and uh, I definitely, definitely think we got that trade. Let's talk about the Raptors, man, because I was upset about our three zero week and our four game winning streak. This is not what I wanted to happen. I mean, all we needed, Matt, was for you to make some type of hot take about them so that they could be wrong. Even if you said 0-3, we probably would have gotten 1-2, you know, like with your track record, but Thanks. it's sad that we're sitting here, Matt. It's sad that we're we're upset about this 3-0 week because on one hand, you know, it was a good week for the boys. They got a W against a bad Magic team, a tanking Thunder team, an injured Nets team. So on the one hand, not that big of a deal because... If we were the good team that we should have been, you know, that we don't have record-wise, these would have been Ws, and we would have been expecting them to be Ws. But we're in this weird place now, and unfortunately, we're going to be, quote-unquote, slightly upset about these wins. Because, Matt, we just can't tank as hard as some of these other Eastern teams right now. Yeah, unfortunately, man. When you got a guy like Chris Boucher, who's dropping 31-12-2 against the Thunder on 10-16 of shooting and 6-9 of from downtown... Showing out with his his fellow uh, provincial buddy uh, Lou Dortz with Lou Dortz man I love this guy I'd love to see him do well Canada's got good basketball players I just wanted to throw that out because I was a Montreal night out in uh, yeah man out, it, for out sure 
Yeah, on Sunday, it was the Battle of Montreal. Boucher and Camberge versus Lou Dort. You know, it was competitive tanking versus a major restart. I mean, unfortunately for the Thunder, I guess fortunately for the Thunder, that was their 10th straight loss, so, you know, go for the tank. But you gotta love when Boucher has those nights. I mean, I also want to shout out Flynn on that night. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He's been working his way into the rotation, and I've been happy to see it. You know what, man? I actually... I think that the, the shorter G League season was good for him because he got in and played against some tougher competition than in college and got a taste of the NBA early on. And you're right, he's slid in very, very nice into the rotation lately. And he's been doing his thing. I think he's further along than Fred Van Vliet was at this point in their careers. It's not the first time you brought up that fact, Matt. And I, once again, will agree with you. Like, having the chance to come in see the NBA go, oh, hold up, wait a second. I thought I was ready, but maybe I'm not. Go down, dom- dominate in those, what, six games he played in the G League? And then now he's come back, and with all the injuries and with Nurse trying to figure it out, with the maybe tanking, maybe not, like, it's been great to see him come in and be confident. Like, there was there was a shot against the Nets um, yesterday that I was watching where he got the ball at the top of the court and, you know, he looked left, looked right. You didn't see anybody. You realized um, uh, DeAndre Jordan was guarding him. was like, oh, I'll just take a shot. Boom, drains a three. Like, that's the confidence I want to see out of our young guys. And the, the, the journey that he has been on throughout this season, I think, has enabled him to be at this point, and I love to see it. Yeah, man. I think we're starting to finally figure out our rotation and our, our better players and, and who we have to have on the court together. Uh, Kem Birch was a great pickup, even though he's an undersized center. Um, he's been a rebounding machine for us. He's really fixed that spot. And he keeps uh, Aaron Baines on the bench, which I really like. <laughs> yeah, it keeps us happy, Matt. You're talking about Kem Birch and his, his assistance. Like, I want to go back to that game against the Magic now. It's the magic. You know, i got to preface this, but when Paul Watson can drop 30 points, when Utah, my boy, can drop 21 points, Matt, we shot 50-40-94 as a team. Again, it's just the magic, but you love that we see our rotation peaches coming out and really start to figure it out. Heck, Nurse rolled Malachi, Van Vliet, Watson, Boucher, and Ken Birch as our starting lineup in that game. Wild to see. Dude, it was wild. It was wild to see Paul Watson drop 30 points on 8 of 11 from deep. That was, I, I was like, oh my God. I was like, who is this guy? It's like, he's been on our team the whole time. The Paul Watson project has been literally leading up to this one game. The whole the whole project just for this one game, Matt. I loved it. Oh man. I was, I'm pretty sure he was the G League MVP last year, no? Oh yeah. You know, he, he's been doing great. But in terms of fans looking at him and saying, when is Watson going to join the team? When is he going to have his moments? There you go. He had his big moment. And, you know, sad for Utah. He came out in the interview after and was like, oh, man, tonight was supposed to be my night. Like, oh. And and <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Utah. I, I told you at the beginning of the season, Matt, I believed in this guy. I knew he was going to be a good piece. They, you know, they fully guaranteed his contract, which, um, interestingly enough, is going into next season. So he might get to stick around. And, I'm a big fan of Utah. I love his hustle, and I love that he got to put up 21 points, 6-2 and two against the Magic on Friday. Yeah, man, I was going to mention that he uh, is the third ever Japanese-born player to sign a guaranteed contract in the NBA, which is really nice for him. He deserves it. I was pretty pretty undecided on him at the beginning of the season. You were 
pushing him on me. And then when I watched him play, I was freaking out, watching the ball spin off his head and him spinning around in circles. <laughs> but hey, 40 games changes a lot, and Utah's kind of figured out a place in our rotation. But does that just mean that we're a bad team? That, well, I mean, again, Matt, it's the magic and the thunder in these games. That's why we have to be careful with what we do, right? Wednesday versus the Nets was a little bit more telling about us. I mean, OG, 25 points on 8 for 14 and 4 for 9. Like, you love to see it. Pascal had a really good game. I mean, we won the third quarter. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But we won this game against the Nets in the third quarter, you know, 36 to 23. I mean, Kyrie tried his best with 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. But the injuries for the Nets, man, they couldn't overcome it. And the Raptors rolled out an almost fully healthy lineup into that game, and it showed. Yeah, it's it was very impressive to actually see us beat that Nets squad. Even though they are hampered up with injuries, they still got Blake Griffin. They still got Kyrie Irving. So... It's nice to see, but again, dude, I'd rather tank. Like, what would you prefer? Would you rather have us in the play-in tournament and make the playoffs, or would you have us in the lottery and take a top-five pick? This is the hardest question to answer, right? Because obviously my heart wants that pick. Obviously I want us to be lower. We've been talking about it for the past few weeks. Like, I had decided, yeah, I'm ready for the tank. But then, you know, I look at I look at the other side of the coin. I see this team that's figuring it out. I see these players that really care. And I think to myself, maybe playoff experience will be really good for them. Maybe Gary getting a chance to play, you know, with us as a main cog will be really good. Do I think we'll go anywhere further than maybe the second round? No. No, I don't think we have a chance. But hey, it's the NBA. This is the season of, of weirdness where anything can happen, right? So... Would I be surprised if we made our way into the playoffs, you know, destroyed and dominated that play-in tournament and then somehow wound up in the conference finals? Like, it's not going to happen, but would I be surprised? Uh, A little. I honestly think that this is the first time in a really long time where the NBA feels like an eight seed or a seven seed could upset a top-seeded team here. I think the parity is just growing more and more in the NBA as more and more star players get injected into the league and are just one or two a team. That's something that I'm excited about. I would definitely, I'm on your boat. I want to see us in the lottery. A top five pick would be really nice to add to the squad with all the talent that we currently have, you know, round them out in the G league, then bring them up later. But it would be kind of nice to get to the playoffs. That's, that's the thing, right? Like, I'm of the mindset where I would prefer us to tank. I would like to see us get a draft pick because this draft has some potential generational talents and could also have some really good sleepers. So it's a draft that you are wanting to tank for, for example, you know, and and then there's the other side of the coin, right, of, you know, us going into the playoffs, getting the experience, keeping our winning ways, keeping that mentality that the boys have had for the last couple of years. I mean, I know that you know, Kyle may be leaving and then we're looking at Pascal and OG and Fred as like our few still there, right? Like there's so many sides to the way this can play out. And I'm going to be of the mindset where if we make the playoffs, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. You know, at the end of the day, if we make the playoffs, I'll enjoy the games that are there with zero expectation. And who knows, that could be the most enjoyable way to watch playoff wraps, right? I will give you that keeping that winning culture and winning mentality 
is definitely a high priority for our organization. And if they make the playoffs, I'm in your boat. I'll, I'll just enjoy the ride with no expectation. But that's actually what I think is going to happen, man. I think they're making the playoffs. I think they're getting in, but they'll lose in the first round. I mean, if we make it into the playing tournament, and we, if, when we make it into the playing tournament, because it's probably going to happen at this point, we're going to be a scary team in that tournament, you know? Depending on who we're facing, I would love the Wizards to be the ones that get out of it and, you know, make the fun mission through. I mean, we were joking about Westbrook going up against KD and making his mark, but the thing is, is if we make it in, we're looking at Philly, we're looking at Brooklyn. I mean, I, I just, like, we're looking at Milwaukee or, I mean, heck, maybe New York, that'd be pretty fun, but there's no way that it's going to happen, and the odds are stacked against us to win in the playoffs, and so that's why we want this tank, right? Definitely, man. Definitely want that tank. All right, well, next week, we've got Saturday against the Knicks. <laughs> Fun game. We've got Monday against the Cavs, and then Tuesday against the Nets. So, it, it, honestly, Matt, it looks like another week that we just had. So, things might play out similar or completely opposite. Dude, if we go 3-0 again, I'm going to be mad. I know you are. I know you are. But if we go so th- if we go three zero again and we're on a seven game win streak, we better be trying to you know get all the way up the standings as far as we possibly go. Because as much as we are really far back, seven wins puts us at thirty two games. And if Boston loses all of those, we'd be ahead of them. Wild, wild. <laughs> Welcome to the East, right, Matt? Yeah, man. Hey, if we go three and zero this week and uh, Charlotte loses most of their games. Well, they've got um, one tonight and then three more, four more. Yeah, so if they lose tonight and then lose all their four games before our next show, we could be in the eighth spot ahead of them. It's not crazy. It's that, and that's that's the weirdness of this season, man. And that's why I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. It'll be fun, you know? So I can't be upset <sighs> at the team for winning games, even if they were trying to get tanked and they got fined for it, which was hilarious, but... It is what it is, Matt. This is the season we're dealing with. Yeah, unfortunately, man. Do you want to give your Mystic prediction? I do, because I've been talking about the Knicks today, and I'm going to keep going it. I think they've made the fourth seed. I think they're only going to stay there. I mean, they probably won't go up, but the Knicks are going to have home court in the first round of the playoffs, Matt, for the first time in what seems like forever. Yeah, man. It has been a long time, but you're right. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. They got a deeper ro- roster with uh, Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Qu- Quickly. They could definitely keep pushing up. I want to see it. I want to see it, Matt. Hey, man, your Chicago pick was pretty bad, so hopefully you can get <laughs> it with this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at the beginning of the season, I said the Wizards were going to be the eighth seed, and that's still possible. So, hey, anything. Anything goes. Still very, very possible, man. But you had our wraps in, like, fourth place. I'm just going to double down on what I said earlier. My missing prediction is that we do make that play-in tournament and we lose in the first round, which is just going to suck. But, hey, I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy the playoff games as they come. Man, as long as it's not a a four-game sweep, you know, give us at least five. Gentlemen, sweep us. At least. (laughs) All right, Kev, you're good to wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.